welcome to the Slow Ride Reviews podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. Now, you may notice that there's only two of us on right now, and this is a brand new kind of show for us. Uh, you can always go to the Slow Ride podcast for the whole flavor. Um, mm-hmm. This this review podcast is going to be, uh, you know, periodic. Um, we get hit up a lot to do reviews of product, to read books, to watch movies, and just to have general, like, you know, say in the the, the bike culture. For some reason, people want to hear our opinions. Yeah, we don't get um, it, but... And so every now and then, you know, you might find Spencer on, you might find Little Guy, uh, uh, find myself, but we're pretty excited about it. Um, this is kind of our first take on the um, show. So this week, or uh, we're, uh, this time we're just going to be talking two reviews. And the first is that we're going to be talking to Joe Mungo Reed, who's mm-hmm. the author of a book called, um, as we begin our, uh, dis- we begin our ascent. Sorry, I was saying descent because I was thinking of the Thomas Decker book. Um, no, you can't get that out of your head, can you? No, I can't. Completely opposite books. Devote an entire uh, show to that at some point, it seems. You, you must have a lot to say on that topic. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the book. And I got to say, he was a really good interview. It was fun. He was. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully all you guys will enjoy hearing it. And uh, yeah, maybe you'll be interested in the book. On the, the back end, we're going to be talking about my Supermarché, which is the Yuba cargo bike that I purchased a little while back um, because of Little Hymar. Um, talk a little bit about how that's uh, kind of changed our, our lifestyle. Um, I'm sure Little Guy's got some questions. Uh, there's a bunch of tech, uh, tech jargon that I can go through, which I don't really know what it means, but Little Guy can tell me if it's vertically compliant or laterally stiff. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm pretty excited about this podcast. It's going to mix it up every now and then, um, try to keep it uh, uh, pretty informative for you. If you have anything that you uh, would like to opinions or thoughts on, you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also if you can uh, hit subscribe or uh, leave us a review so others can find this, uh, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, me too. You'd probably appreciate it too. Little I would appreciate it. Yes. Hopefully let us know uh, what you think of this and we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be adjusting as we go and see how this, how this goes. Now I know a lot of people are going to want us to review Klein's. Um, mm-hmm. that could happen. Um, yeah, maybe we could do as like a whole review of the Klein paint jobs, or maybe we actually save that for a Klein paint job um, draft corner. That would that be could a good actually thing be pretty good. Um, but anyway, let's uh let's get into the uh, the reviews. Uh, we're excited to welcome Joe Mungo Reed, the author of We Begin Our Ascent, to the uh, the Slow Ride Reviews podcast. You have the privilege of being the first ever guest that we've had on this podcast joe great thank um, you uh, and where are you from uh so i'm from the uk uh i was uh born in london and grew up in gloucestershire in the south of the uk and now i live in edinburgh scotland ah oh. nice i'll be there in about uh two weeks time so uh oh you know, uh, you better watch out i'm gonna come after your strava koms <laughs> in your hometown because <laughs> when uh, uh we, we received the book uh we begin our ascent and we, we read it thoroughly enjoyed it. It was yeah. a fun time. So we have a lot to talk to you about as far as, uh, there's not much fiction in the bike world. Right. No. So it's a, but it's definitely a, uh, a subject that's, um, primed for yes. that kind of coverage. So mm-hmm. it was really exciting to see that kind of, um, detail and, and whatnot. So we're going to talk about that, but as we were doing, uh, some research, you were actually, uh, based out of here in, um, the twin cities, which is uh, pretty exciting. Indeed. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, and I love it. Yeah, I love the Twin Cities. <laughs> Twin Cities, but you wrote most of the book, my understanding, you were in upstate New York getting your uh, your master's at Syracuse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. I, I wrote the book there and blew out my knees on the many uh, 10 to 20% gradients that uh, New York State has to offer. <laughs> so uh, what, what do you, where did you like living better, Minneapolis, Twin Cities, or Syracuse, New York? Certainly not a trick question. <laughs> not just because you guys have the connection, but i got to say the Twin Cities always win, I think. Okay, I mean, Good answer, good answer. Syracuse is nice, of course, but yeah. so, all the <laughs> so, way. Now, you're, you're clearly in reading the book, you're, you, um, and we'll, we'll get into more of like plot and kind of the, the theme behind the book. You're clearly a cycling fan. Like, I mean, there's, do you do quite a bit of riding yourself, or um, do you just watch uh, Uncle, Uncle Phil and Uncle Paul Sherwin on the TV and take it in that way? I, I, a bit of both. Um, actually, I'm primarily a mountain biker. Um, in my university summers, I worked as a mountain bike guide in the Alps. So that kind of gave me a bit of exposure to all, all of the French cycling culture to a degree because I'd ride on the road a bit there. And every summer, I mean, the tour would be coming through most of the time because I was based in the plan. So there are some great stages that come through uh, yeah. there. So that kind of cemented my uh, fandom of cycling. But on the road, I ride, I ride mostly on the road now because I'm a bit more grown up and lack all the time <laughs> to go out and go mountain biking every day. So it's inevitably the road bike I grab when I just want to take two hours for myself. Um, but yeah, primarily started mountain biking, got into road and just been following the tour all the way through. All right. So when you... You started writing the book. Uh, like, when did you come up with the idea to go after? I mean, the book takes place in the middle of the Tour de France, probably like the what starts the second week, I believe, of the tour, <laughs> and it's kind of this two-week window, but it's also intertwined with the the marriage and the the life of the um, the couple, Saul, the um, <laughs> the main character, and then his wife Liz, and they have a uh, a son, um, and it's kind of that that whole relationship as it. Um, develops over the course of the two weeks, but then also, you know, their lives together. When did you come up with the idea of using, uh, I guess, cycling as the vehicle for your uh, first debut novel? So I, I actually, um, as you mentioned earlier, I did a MFA in um, in writing at Syracuse, and I sort of turned up thinking, I don't know what on earth I'm going to bring to this. I don't mm -hmm. know what I can write about. And I'd written a chapter of this book, and I just showed it to the class that I was in on, on entering and people were really enthusiastic about it, I guess, because as you said earlier, there's not a lot of fiction about cycling. And I think people felt like it was a world that they didn't know, but was ripe for fiction. Um, this was 2012. So it's actually just prior to all of the Armstrong stuff peaking, but I guess there was interest in it because of that. Yeah. Um, and they just people encouraged me to to finish off the book, and I just kind of went with it. I was I'm a sucker for praise, so I just went. People are saying this is good. Let's see if we can push it onwards. You're right on the right uh, podcast. So did so did uh, before I guess before all the Armstrong stuff came out, were you gonna go with uh, an angle that involved uh, so much nefarious activity? I guess. I mean, it feels hard to write a cycling book without. Uh, doping coming up at some point but was that was that all those revelations sort of a big uh 
inspiration for for where to go with things in a way i mean definitely people in reviews have noted that um that i've i mean i have read the secret race and i definitely have used some of the stuff that's come out from tyler hamilton and landis and all of that to inform the writing of it but in a way it wasn't specifically the armstrong thing it was more i think i was already down that road Mm -hmm. Um, with, I mean, other scandals. I mean, you look yeah. at the career of any <laughs> yeah, Rasmussen, Ulrich, any Valverde. major cyclist. We're big fans yeah, Val- of Valverde. <laughs> Greatest Valverde, cyclist we... of the modern mm-hmm. era. <laughs> no, uh, little guy, you had, uh, when we were going over our notes, because it was actually fun, because it's like we had our own little slow ride podcast book club. Yeah. Um, little guy picked up uh, on one of my, uh, one of the things that also stuck out to me. So, uh, Little guy, once you uh, go through. Oh, the, the, there was a line I think that Liz says to Saul at some point. I, I, I can't remember if it's a phone call or what. She she says something like black socks and white <laughs> shoes, though, which I wasn't sure. Was that a dig at Armstrong? I feel like he was the first to really bring the, that horrid fashion the, sense the out. Horrible <laughs> and fashion with, black socks. I, along with that, I mean, I don't know. You can tell you can tell us where that came from or not, but there was there was a few other little sort of cycling Easter eggs through the book where the uh, you know bring, it brings up oh, other famous moments or riders or things or not just of doping right like like i mean it's clearly that liz is haven hamilton to the t (laughs) without a doubt you don't even need to answer that you just want that to be i just want that to be true um but there is a couple of other easter eggs so first off was that a dig at lance for bringing the horrible black sock fashion to cycling It, it wasn't. I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad to, to read it's been interpreted uh, as such. Okay. It, it was actually, yeah, I used to do athletics when I was a kid, and mm. I was always cheap, too cheap to buy sports socks, <laughs> so i do it in dress socks. I was always Gold running my, uh, okay. in my vest and my shorts and wearing a pair of, you know, socks that would be better with some brown loafers on. So, <laughs> so I, well, I'm so, glad it can go both right, ways like that. So, so the, the book's fantastic. We're going to recommend people to, to read it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really... Uh, but but there are some there there are a couple questions that I've got a little little couple outstanding questions. Mostly, let me give you a little bit of uh, Joe. I'm gonna uh, you, you have to dumb down here for a second, but let me tell our listeners a little bit of what the the team which um, wears brown shorts from what I can pick up. Yeah. Which by the way, great Easter egg because AG2R greatest team in professional cycling kit. <laughs> I mean, we love it. So, they, well done. But here's the team we have we have Fabrice. Fabrice is kind of like your uh, your team leader, right? Yeah. Kind of, he's French too, right? Fabrice. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, yeah, I think unspoken, but he's got a yeah, little like Pinot yeah. in him. Really, he's a dreamer. You know. Then you got Sutomo, the uh, the Japanese domestique. Loved it. Um, he has a he has a, a a super fan that follows along, which pretty much is the role that we would play. <laughs> um, and then you have Johan the sprinter and his personal domestique Sebastian. So that's like your Cavendish and your Renshaw. Together a lot, two two peas in the pod, and mm-hmm. then you have Saul, the um, kind of English domestic working his way up through the system, just kind of gets the job done, almost like a hint cappy, <laughs> maybe not winning as much, but but here's the question: that's only five team members. We never get the other three team members. Now we've role played here a little bit. It's either that the first three didn't make the time cut in the tour, mm-hmm. they're not important, or that's a sequel. <laughs> oh oh i like that third option so who are the I, three other riders on the team what, what do you got what didn't make the cut oh so i actually never met i was so conscious that 
I, when people review novels, they're like, there are too many characters. Oh. So I just thought, I'm just going to put in as few as possible. And I mean, in a way, it's, I felt like people reading a cycling novel might not notice so much <laughs> as if you were writing a soccer novel and you're like, we've got five players on this team. Mm-hmm. I felt like people would be, but maybe, I mean, maybe the guys just didn't make the team time trial. There was a team time trial mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And the, there was a puncher and... Yeah, I, I can fill you in with a couple like there's a couple of characters definitely missing. So, OK, you need to have the other team leader, right? Like like you have. Oh, nice. you have you have Fabrice, but then you need that TJ Van Garderen character that's not as good. But the entire weight of a country is placed on him to become the team leader. And he's still not that good. He should really it's be too a much domestic. So that that would be the next rider. So Fabrice yep. needs the one that's kind of nipping at his heels. And then he can yep. at team training camp needs to like needs to put him back in his place yeah um, i think fabrice is too nice in my opinion for that but a little too nice for that but yeah. joe, joe can comment on that if not okay. <laughs> and then we uh, no, well, good, sorry oh no then then you need like the the rookie right that, uh, that, okay. that they send yep. home early so like there's one rider that like hey you know he was there for the first week but he's a young he's a young frenchman um 18 just too young just too too mm-hmm. young to um deal with the pressures of the tour and we just don't want to break him early. Kind of like what they did with Indurain in his first tour. Remember, they like sent him home. They didn't want to ruin his morale. Um, and I guess that that's pretty much it. I, we could just assume that the tour moving forward is just going to have one less rider like this year. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could also assume that the book is set five years in the future and they've whittled it down to five riders. Oh, At that nice. point, I mean, it's... Uh, um, well, I, I like it being left open. We got options yeah, to, to paint this <laughs> the, world. The team know. time trial answer that they, they didn't make the cut on the team time trial. That's good. Or maybe they crashed out the team time trial. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there are a couple of other uh, things that stuck out to me that, that I enjoyed. Um, let's talk about the professional Peloton that you've got in this world of Saul's team. Um, little guy, why don't you pick your favorite team first and then I'll go with mine and we'll, we'll go back and forth and we'll see what, uh, uh, what Joe's favorite team is. I like the agricultural machinists personally. I feel like they're going to be good this year. <laughs> uh, the, the agricultural machinists. Yeah. They're definitely like, Oh, here come the machinists coming yep. up in the, the pack to the front. Um, I was more of a fan of the chicken nugget team. Yeah. Well done. Our star team. Is that just like a, a chicken? Is it like a chicken fast food company that has decided to spend their uh, budget? What do you got here, Joe? I like that. Yeah, it's a Belgian uh, chicken parts. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they specialize in rendering chickens and then just making them into anything possible. Oh, but, God, that's yeah. fabulous. That's real crazy. Um, this is uh, moldable. Kind of uh, like a, a Belgian rider. Yeah, I, I really I really did enjoy the way uh, they, the writers, or at least Saul's inner dialogue about the other teams was just sort of blankly what they what they represented on their jersey i i, enjoy, I enjoyed that it it it's it's comical and i can i can i can relate to that even of just racing locally and you're like oh here come those those red jerks again here come the dentists yeah here come those dentists up the up the other side they're all sort of they're all they're all interchangeable sometimes oh, when they're on another but team the teams the teams being so general was my favorite part yeah because the household cleaning <laughs> products team yeah like well, like, that could be like the Mr. Clean squad. It could be the Windex well, squad. I mean, well, there's so much here. Was um, was your was your goal with that to show us how silly it is that we as cycling fans often become so invested in these strange teams? Because I feel like people get really into like they wear their Quick Step jersey and 
they don't even really know what it is. And at the end of the day, you might as well just be walking around in a jersey that says cleaning products on it. And every, that's what everybody else thinks when they see you, you know? I don't know. Was that was that yeah. sort of your goal? Of, uh, yeah, absurdity? it was totally my goal. I mean, I'm a sort of soccer fan. And in a way, the teams over here, I mean, it's sort of 120-year-old team. We have this history. We have everything behind them. And then as a cycling fan, you have to explain to sort of soccer fans, no, I like this team that is represented by this obscure Yeah products that no one has heard of or uses yeah. outside of northern europe or something <laughs> like, i mean quick step there's I, I walked past a flooring showroom last year and saw quick step products yeah. on sale for the first time joe i was so excited when i came to europe for the first time maybe maybe like six seven years ago and uh the one of the main like w- I was so excited that I could give my money to Europe car to rent a car. <laughs> like, I could, like it was an extra like 10 euros a day. Yeah. yeah, But, you're but worth the it. fact that it was like, I could maybe get like a Europe car keychain mm-hmm. or something out of it. I think I brought some stuff back. You to did. Logo. You brought yeah. me like a scraper, a little window and ice scraper. I think I was so disappointed that at the Europe car checkout counter, mm-hmm. they didn't have a picture of Thomas Vokler and his tongue. Like I was, I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, how can you, Branding opportunities like, miss, yeah. Europe car, like the I, the only reason I'm buying your car, renting it, is because you sponsor a professional team and you're not even acknowledging it. In this yeah. Experience. Well, um, yeah. It's especially... Did you rent it for three weeks and it was really good in the first week and then just declined <laughs> performances. Well, it had one good day. That that car <laughs> drove so nice on the third Wednesday, but the rest of the time, just kind of sputtered along. <laughs> Do you um? So the book itself is, uh, we begin our ascent. It's available on Simon Schuster. It came out in June. Um, the reviews that, that we've seen are positive. Not, not as good as our review um, will be. Um, how have you felt about the, uh, the reception? And then also, what have, what's, your, uh, what's the time been like for you in the cycling world since June? Uh, I've, I've, I've been so glad that people are reading the book, that um, it's getting reviewed. I mean, it's... It's sort of a, a dream to be writing about, I think, what the rest of the world considers quite an esoteric subject in terms of professional cycling and that getting that out with a major publisher and getting reviews on that book have just been just been wonderful. Um, of the reviews, I've had a few that are sort of say I haven't got totally got cycling uh, details correct. Oh, and who are they? On that, I say my bad, because, I mean, I think there are a few things I didn't, but I mean, in some ways, I wanted to make it clear it was a work of fiction. Yeah. I mean, I could have gone in and got every single French word right. But in a way, I, I sort of wanted to slightly people it with my own phrases to kind of make it clear that this is not the memoirs of Nicholas Roach or something. <laughs> uh, Who would read that? Like, seriously. <laughs> I actually won that book in a competition. It's, oh, okay. um, Whoa. So, so let's, let's go to that. Let's, I want to touch on that just a little bit. Um, because I thought... I thought it was well done. It was very clear in after getting through the first uh, little bit, you know, first 10, 15 pages that you were a cycling fan and a cycling aficionado. Like I didn't, um, I didn't come across anything that I was like, Ooh, I don't know what he's talking about here. It's clearly a book of fiction. It's, it's, it's well, not clearly. I mean, there's so much real world in there, I mean, but, yeah, it's, I guess. but it's definitely a good book. Um, what's the, what is the critique on some of the things that, that you've been identified and you're like, Hey, my bad. I think it's just language. Um, and when the New York Times review just flagged at me saying a few things okay. about, I can't even remember the phrases, but using like non-Peloton terminology, which... And that was in the I New York of, Times review? 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, in one sense. Yeah, I'm, surpri- so, uh... I'm, sur- I'm surprised if that, that was their angle. It... Although he did actually call my protagonist uh, non-ident... Um, Unnamed, which he is actually named. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Back check on them too. Yeah, um, we yeah. got his name. But it's Man, good to uh, New York Times. <laughs> all right, yeah. Just so, so it's mostly language. I thought that the the book flowed well and it had um, good. Uh... I I think part part of what I really enjoyed was that um, cycling is so absurd, and from spending too much time paying attention to it, like we do, and talking about it all the time, like we do, you can kind of just become used to the absurdity and when you read a work of fiction about it and as you're reading it you think you know people who aren't aren't as deep into cycling as we are are going to read this and they're going to be like there's no way this sort of stuff would happen <laughs> but as i'm reading it like this is so absurd but this is all things that have thing like things that have happened well it's and, that it's a, the tyler hamilton book right the secret race and then mm-hmm. i don't know joe if you've ever had the chance to read the willie vote book called breaking the chain i have that yeah, was, I, I, yeah. That was the first book I ever read that really opened the eyes to me about how horrible our sport is. But then, so you can be really on the on the decline. And then, like was pointed out today by a uh, cycling uh, friend of ours, Adam Meyerson, he was all about, you know, that happens. But then you see Michael Woods win a stage at the Volta like he did yesterday and dedicate it to his, um, you know, uh, uh, unborn son. And that was like a, you know, very powerful moment. And then, mm-hmm. then you're like, it sucks you right back in because it is like this beautiful sport that is tragic in ways. And then, and then there's like the whole uh, doping angle. Like there's the different levels mm-hmm. of doping. Mm-hmm. Like there's the systematic ruin people's lives, Lance Armstrong system. And then mm-hmm. you got the Tyler Hamilton kind of just getting into it, making the bad choices. Then you got Floyd Landis who, I mean, that's just the craziest one, right? <laughs> and that's just the American dopers. I'm not even getting into <laughs> Jiffy bags and what's happening over there in England. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, as much as the book is about cycling, it's also about a terrible workplace. And oh, the Raphael, sort of, not exactly and, the nicest boss. And the way you have to make uh, <laughs> many terrible choices to to make a living and to support your family and to to advance your career. And do you have that feeling? I guess generally that that uh, workplaces are corrosive. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, uh, I think part of the idea of writing the the book for for more than just cycling fans not that cycling mm-hmm. fans aren't an excellent audience in themselves but part of the idea of making it general was thinking about the way sports reflect sort of con- contemporary economics in a way i mean mm-hmm. the cycling everything is there because it makes money um yeah. i mean all the most negative aspects of our sport i think are sort of replicated in the economy i mean in a sense um, Seoul could be a trader in some mortgage brokerage selling mortgages <laughs> to people who can't afford to pay them back for 2,000 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Probably I mean, fewer ec- ethical lapses than I, would occur. I think I, I'm shocked that there isn't more fiction in the world of cycling. I think you did a good job of tackling it. Um, the only other piece I can think of is the classic, uh, you know, Rider, the, the Rider by Tim Grabby or whatever. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, th- um, but I think you you did a good job here. And yeah. I guess to to end the cycling questions because we are a cycling podcast. You're walking into a the club, right? So they can envision yourself walking into the club, and there's a line. I mean, there's a line. I, you know, you're 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 at the uh, the what is it the the Royal Mile there. Okay. Bro, yep. Yep. And uh, you're, you're you're trying to get into the, <laughs> the hottest club in town, but you have to wear a cycling kit. 
to get in. <laughs> so so you get up to the doorman and he's just like reviewing people, just going like, yeah, you're good. You're out. Like, you, you know, you're not coming in. What kit are you wearing to get in that club to be the, the king of the professional Peloton? <laughs> I want to know what your style is, Joe. Is it obvious to say Jelly Belly? Do people always say Jelly Belly to this one? Wow. Oh, not always. Uh, always I never but... asked this question before, but I may have to <laughs> no. see. We've yep. definitely debated kits before, but Jelly Belly's a good choice. It's a silly kit. I like it. <laughs> so you're going for like the... Uh, yeah and for clubbing that's I'm, a really good kid for is. clubbing like, like that's I'm, a good choice i like, like I'm, that <laughs> i'm bringing the party to the uh like look at what i'm wearing i'm wearing jelly beans <laughs> all over me um, well a night of dancing and raving good a good choice that's the jelly belly <laughs> kid is a pretty good one all right um i like that one um for me i would i would clearly go with i mean the ag2r one oh, i think nice. is you know is is nice but yeah, um, the brown shorts for dancing. I, if I'm going to the club, I think I'm going no, the new Movistar kit. <laughs> the, 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 that 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 blue I think would look pretty good underneath the neon the lights. What about you, little guy? I'm always Castorama. The Castorama. <laughs> the kit. Lauren Finion fan for life here. So yeah, um, you got to pick something current though. No, I got, I have to pick something current. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, I don't know the CCC Polska team. I'll, oh. They'll be all orange. The, bla- the, yeah, the bright orange, orange I guess. I don't ah. know. I, I can't I like do the jelly belly kit. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so, that's really good. Um, do you got any, anything else? Uh, no, nah, that's the best <laughs> final cycling specific <laughs> question. I think. Um, and then, what's next for for uh, for you? Um, do you have other books coming out? Do you have other projects? Uh, yeah, I believe you're based in uh, Edinburgh in uh, Scotland for the foreseeable future. Um, what, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm. Um... Yeah, I've, I'm working on another novel, um, not cycling based, unfortunately, but um, based okay. on auction houses and um, <laughs> selling paintings. So, um, so oh, all right. This sounds so, so ethics will be a continuing thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Excellent. How's the workplace in an auction? Like, like what's the... I think <laughs> right, equally like, bad for two different reasons. I mean, I guess the yeah. cycling workplace in Europe is bad... Uh, informed by a history of working class oppression and the uh, auction house workplace is bad informed by a history of aristocratic oppression so uh... oh, this is gonna be good all right i love it Do you already have a title for it like you already know it's called hammer that's actually good. um it's called hammer? that's the working title because right. it also nice. features an oligarch so play on the um dissolution of the soviet union and the hammer and sickle all oh right. wow that's i like good. it all right i'm looking forward to this <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. well um I'd like to thank you for being on i think that uh do you have any questions for us i mean we are cycling experts and we'd like to um <laughs> answer any questions who's your favorite scottish cyclist uh, favorite scottish cyclist uh, i mean i'm gonna go graham obrey oh uh, yeah i will I say obrey just we because can't the think washing of machine else. bearings are good um <laughs> uh who else is from up there Who's the, I'm um, blanking right now, like a is, total jerk. Where's Boardman from? He's not Scottish. From the south, I think. I mean, David is yeah. Scottish, but was is he, he born in Hong Kong or something? He he's sort yeah, of slightly tender. Scottish. I mean, he's very now, proud of Scotland, but is uh, is Graham Obrey? Is he a Glaswegian? Ooh, good question. I th- possibly. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. How how is that accepted there when you have guys like Miller? Like, how do people in the UK feel about people like Miller growing up? on the other side of the world and, and, and they're like, no, no, I'm Scottish or like uh, Froome now taking is a British license, but you know, he's obviously not from there. Yeah. Is it people just willing to take them in cause they're successful kind of thing? I mean, the thing with cyclists in the UK is people, I mean, 
we celebrate when someone wins the tour, but people frankly don't care, I think, in a way. Yeah. I mean, I feel for, <laughs> I know Cavendish can be a bit bratty sometimes, but I totally feel for him in the UK because he's constantly trying to win those Olympic medals and failing. And he could be, he could be the mo- if he was Belgian, he would be the most famous man in Belgium ever. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. he's just, yeah. in the UK, he's slightly less famous than the, 400th best footballer in the country it's <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's totally true yeah well um i'm sure you got to go i'm sure you got a hot ticket reservation at the scran and scally oh good um, knowledge over in uh Edinburgh. <laughs> and uh we'd like to thank you for being on the uh on the show and uh um, yeah so thanks for coming on thank you very much What I want to talk to you about and talk to the listeners about is my Yuba Supermarché cargo bike. Mm -hmm. It's a front-loading cargo bike. So this is the type of bike that you would see. I mean, the first time I ever saw one was, um, or this style of bike was over when I was in Copenhagen a few years ago. Um, I guess we've seen them kind of when you and I were couriers. And I remember going to like Montreal for the North American Courier Championships. I remember someone having like a, one of those like bullet cargo yep. bikes those are um, i think a the, lot. yeah the larry versus harry um brand and it's like the bullet now the different like larry versus harry i think has a 20 inch front wheel and then a 700 c back wheel okay what's your what's your super marsh My, mine are two 220s oh okay oh really 20 in so, the back okay yeah so it's a little bit um smaller but it's a uh you know smaller wheelbase yeah but that leads to some pretty awesome time. I mean, it. I'll say this on the Yuba. The reason I bought the Yuba Supermarché mm-hmm. is that the Larry versus Harry bullet was far too expensive from an import standpoint. So I'd be looking at at least five k to buy the bullet for here the full in the bike. states for the full bike. Yeah. Now I'm lucky since I work in the bike industry. I'm able to get um, you know kind of employee purchase or industry bro deal, if you will. Yeah. Um, I could not get that with the bullet like I could, but it wasn't at the level that that made it financially feasible mm-hmm. or reasonable for it wasn't, me to do it. It wasn't bro with a capital B. Um, it was like a lowercase bro. Whereas I was very lucky to uh, be hooked up with the folks at Yuba and Yuba Bikes out in um, California. And so the Supermarché retails at 2800 and then you've got to build out the bike as you need it. So you get the full complete bike at 2800 but then i had to buy the um the box that goes around so it's a bamboo wood box that goes around the cargo yeah um, section and then i had to buy a baseboard and i had to buy the seat so that's about 400 dollars in accessories okay so retail i would have spent about 3300 but again i was pretty lucky to get that price down quite a bit since i do work in the industry no so it's twenty inch now, wheels. I'm assuming disc brakes, since it's disc it's brakes. The future, uh, yes, and, and it's internal hub. It's not internal. It's a it's a three by. Oh, it's a um, it's the past. It's a it it's a little weird because here in Florida, since it's so flat, yeah. I never need the like granny gear or even the middle gear, and I'm always topped out in the uh, on the back on the trigger. Oh, so really? it's trigger shift. That's right. Yeah, so I've always got it on like the forty two eleven. And that's the biggest gear. <laughs> wow, you're really mash you're mashing as much as you can mash on the cargo bike. Well it's just it's not since we're so flat here, like 
yeah. you know, every now and then if we hit like an overpass or something. Now, I just until recently was able to get little Hymar in there because as he's grown, he's been able to get his feet flat on the uh, the carbo box floor. Okay. Um, now it's got a five point seatbelt harness, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love the bike. It took some getting used to because this is the craziest part about it is that it's cable ac- uh, cable actuated steering. Okay. So the the way that the front moves is by the connection of the cable that runs underneath the the cargo bay, if yeah. you will. Whereas I believe the bullet, the Harry versus Larry bullet, is um, it's like it's kind of got. Right. There's linkage exactly, yeah. so that's so kind of like the big difference. So do you have to? Pe- so what's the maintenance on that cable? Do you have to periodically like? It's just like a brake cable. Yeah, is it thicker? So I didn't, I didn't put the bike together. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, a friend here in Orlando that um helped me put it together, and he said it came together very easy. Now you know me, I'm not a mechanic connoisseur. Like I happily pay for service mm-hmm. because. I value service and service should be the most respected. Like the mechanic is a, is a profession. I'm not a professional, so I would pay for the service. Totally. Um, he put it together. He said it actually went together pretty easy. The maintenance on it. I haven't had any problems with it. I've maybe got 400 miles on it now, which all things considered the max I would kind of ride this thing is maybe six miles a time because I takes three miles to, to ride my son to daycare and three miles back. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've been riding it quite a bit. So are you used it's to a, it? uh, like like steering wise. I mean, we, we've got that. It cable takes some thing. getting used to. Is it? It's. I mean, obviously, it's it's just the length of it, but also just the the feel of the steering is different. The, the steering moves right away. So when you turn the bars, you move. Yeah. What I'm am starting to notice a little bit is that like the cable is almost stretched a little. So I'm starting to see a little bit of. Um, when the wheel is straight, the bars are a little to the uh, side. Yeah, maybe a little, a little adjustment bit. So, needed. So yeah. I kind of need to correct a little bit. But overall, the the bike rides fine. Mm-hmm. The turning radius obviously has increased. It's a little goofy. Yeah. And there have been a few times, thankfully, that I, where I've been kind of railing the corners a little bit, that <laughs> I'm good. My son's not in the car in the the cargo bay just yet. But if I turn too tight. Like if I'm really trying to make a U-turn on a street because I like forgot my wallet or something. Yeah. It's pretty easy to dump the bike. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like when, when, when you turn that steering, the, the handlebars all the way to like nine o'clock or three o'clock. Yeah. You're at, I mean, it, the thing leans over pretty easy. So can you on a normal width, what's a normal width? Like 80, I don't know. What's a normal width street? Um, can you make it from, from curb to curb? Can you pull a Yui or do you need to do a five point? Are you like a truck or are you like a sports car? It depends on the speed. It's tight. I would say that like, yeah, I can get it done. Okay. But if I'm trying to like really rail it and move fast, then I probably got to put a foot down okay. and kind of do a quick little reverse engineer and then, then go straight. Okay. Um, I haven't taken it like on a critical mass yet. So Orlando has a pretty big critical mass, maybe about a thousand people or 800, a thousand people. So we're going to go to the Halloween one. Um, I'm a little worried about like navigating and like a pretty packed spaces. Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, you haven't done a race on it yet is what you're saying either. You haven't showed up to the local crit or anything. Now the, the hydraulic brakes, I mean, it's a pretty cheap build out. Like as far as the components, you can get higher, you can get like internal if you wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but you know, overall it's pretty good. The bike weighs in at 55 pounds. I guess that's and it's got bad, fenders. It's, yeah. it's really not. And then since it's a Yuba, it's got that giant rear whack, rack as well. That's above the, yeah. so like I could easily put like one of those, uh, yep. Maxi like car seats on the back mm-hmm. too. So with, so, with little Heimar in the seat, what do you, do you have enough room with like in the front? If you if you take them to the grocery store, do you have enough room to get yes. four or five bags of groceries or something? Or what is it? I can put four or five bag of groceries in there right now. Right now, so I have him sitting on the bench, and then I could easily put groceries in there. Right now, I just put a speaker, a Bluetooth speaker, and he just dances the whole night away. Okay. But here's the here's the biggest complaint I have. Okay, is that the since the cables the cable routing from the handlebars goes down right where his helmet is when he's sitting in the cargo bay on the seat like the brake cables or the the, the brake cables thing? yeah okay all, all of the cables the way that they they bulb out so yeah if i'm turning like that's that's always hitting like the cables are always hitting his helmet uh. and every now and then he'll turn around to look <laughs> now as he gets older like he might you know be a little bit higher on that yeah but it is a little strange, and I've got him propped up actually a little bit away from the rear of the cargo bay by a pillow mm-hmm. just to kind of create a little bit distance. So I don't know why that is. Um, I can't – there is not a way to route the cables closer to the handlebars. It's just <laughs> the way that they, they go out from the um, yeah the, the shifters and the, the brakes. So that's the only complaint I have. I think for the value, if, if I, I would probably pay full price for this if I had a little bit higher, I guess, income. Right, like, like if I had the money, I would. I think it's a good value valued bike, but it's also running up there at about thirty two hundred bucks, which for quite a few people is a lot of money to spend yeah, on. Yeah, they're not cheap. I mean, we've definitely thought about them, and it's been a lot of thinking about them because they're they're not cheap, but they they are very practical, and like they're super practical. So I can I see have, it paying for itself eventually. But now we live in Central Florida, and most car most families here are two car households. We're yep. going to be going down to one car household. Um, I have used this bike when there's been the emergency, like, hey, go pick up. I got to go pick up a little Heimar at school because daycare called. And then I can just jump on the cargo bike and go get them. Um, I wish we had a little bit better infrastructure than we do, but it's decent. I mean, you, you start to learn where the roads are that you can ride. Um, another major positive is everyone notices this bike and yeah. it's front facing with him. So, like, I feel like I'm participating and he absolutely loves it so when he leave in the garage when he walks by the bike a lot of times he's trying to climb into the the cargo bay so he enjoys that time together so i feel people wave at me a lot more riding this thing like there's a lot more people that are like you could have the biggest jerk in a pontiac you know vibe just (laughs) riding right behind you And honking his horn yeah. or her horn, like really just wants to crush you. Mm-hmm. And then they come up next to you and then they're like, oh, hi, that's so awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's almost like you get a different bunch of respect. Like I take the lane, I'm going 12, 14 miles an hour because mm-hmm. that's kind of top speed in certain situations. And there, I don't get honked at the way I do, like when I'm on my road bike. Oh yeah. And on the road bike, you're a jerk in spandex. But yeah, with that, I can, yeah. I can see people have a different, like on this thing, for it. like I'm sitting upright. Yep. And people are like, Oh, this is a little goofy. Now I am thinking of getting an orange flag just to really off the back seal the deal. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
I've thought uh, for a long time, and I haven't done this, of just making a flag. You know, we, me and Caitlin have talked to making a, a family coat of arms, and then you could fly that over, like, the cargo bike or over the burly, in my case, at this point. Oh, that's a um, good idea. But I haven't, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's a day on the sewing machine and, and some design time I haven't uh, done yet. But, you know, it'd have to be high-vis. The, the coat of arms would have to be extremely high-vis, right, to work. I kind of like this idea. Now, I'd be a little worried that someone would want to steal it from me. Like, they were playing a game of Capture the Flag. It could happen. And then I would always have to search for my coat of arms. Mm-hmm. Um, it might happen. Yeah. But, so. you know, it might be worth worth the um, worth the chance to really... This, this way, when you get out in a couple years, and every other family has one of these in town, uh, you walk outside, and you know which Yuba is your Yuba, because it's got your... You know, it's got a dueling, <laughs> dueling DeLucas um, up there on the flag. Ah, I'm liking this idea of, of okay. just creating our own flag. But yeah, I think the flag definitely needs to happen. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the major plus is that it's, it's affordable in comparison to other cargo bikes. Yeah. It's, a, um, it's practical as far as like what you can put in the cargo bay and everything that you can use on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the, the negative is that the, the basic cable housing situation and how that's routed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Not the cable bad. actuated steering to me is a little janky. Like it's definitely the cheap way out versus yeah. linkage is what I'm thinking, but I have not had any problems with it. Um, yeah, and the 20 inch wheels, I can actually move on those 20 inch wheels just fine. What's your take on the different wheel sizes? I, I don't know. I can see why, why a lot of them do the bigger one in the rear just for, in terms of um, speed. speed. But it seems like the bullet is built to be more speedy, whereas this one is this one's definitely to get This is the grocery gear. Yeah. I mean, this is the, um, the Chevy Lumina mm-hmm. of, uh, of cargo bikes. Well, it didn't... Well, I, I think it was a bullet that I saw the photos of somebody trying to set the uh, like kilo record with a cargo bike on the track. I think that was a bullet. So I guess if you're going to go try to set some kilo records, you get the bullet. And if you're going to be practical, uh, you probably get the Yuba. Go check it out. It's a Yuba bikes. It's a super marche. Um, definitely utilitarian uh, use. Yeah. Comes in at 2,800 retail, about 3,300 fully loaded. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, it's definitely uh, improved our quality of life with a little Heimar getting into the, uh, the bike game. I enjoyed it, little guy. I've actually read a book, um, yep. and now I'm I'm riding a bike more often than ever before. So overall, just to get into this podcast was pretty good. The outcome was good. <laughs> yes. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any ideas for items that we want to review, or if you want to send us product to try review, um, we do get hit up quite a bit. So it's but uh, you know we've always have to deflect because it's a little bit different than the slow ride podcast. But we're trying to uh, just navigate. Um, let us know what you think, and. Uh, We'll make sure to get to it, but um, pretty much this is Tim in Orlando. Yeah, it's been Matt in Minneapolis, and uh, we'll review you later. Now, little guy, before we sign off oh, on God. the review podcast, like we say, we talk about Hincapi almost every episode on the Slow Ride podcast. Yes, we're gonna need to come up with like a gimmick for the review podcast. We will. I don't know if we have that yet. Do you yeah. have it? No. Oh, okay. I think we got to actually do a second episode to figure that out. Yeah. Let's do that then. Let's do a second episode. That'll be our first gimmick. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Talk to you later.